Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. We all know the cry room too well at church, the place we don't want to go. But feel we have to because of our situation. As Catholic families, many parts of our life can feel like a virtual cry room. We're stuck and don't know how to get out. Host Joe Holt and John Cox will discuss these current challenges affecting today's families. And provide practical solutions so you are no longer stuck in the cry room. Hello, good morning, John. Morning, Joe. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Hanging in there. Uh, trying to get things organized still. And uh, we have about 500 pounds of laundry outside of our uh, washing machine upstairs. So Don't even talk to me about laundry. I have not finished all of my laundry in a couple of weeks. I don't even know how I'm still wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I must be like repeating my clothes or something. I don't have that much clothes. So the, it's a surprise to me. It's a mystery. It's a miracle. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but just, you know, it's just so the audience knows, uh, <laughs> Joe is wearing clothes right now. Just, just in case people are wondering out there. Yes, Joe is definitely wearing clothes. That would be quite an embarrassment for me not to. You know, that's funny though about laundry because. Andrew was just saying, my son, he uh, just made a comment to me the other day. He's like, when do you guys not do laundry around here? Because <laughs> the girls, they kept running the machines because I make the kids wash their own clothes. Yeah. We don't wash their clothes. They have to wash and dry and put all that away themselves. And so uh, it just kept running and running. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess they're getting their stuff done, but I haven't finished our laundry yet. So... Um, I feel your pain. So speaking of laundry, yeah, today's today's episode is entitled Spit Spot. Spit Spot, yes. Spit Spot. It How makes me think of Mary Mary Poppins. Spit Spot, and off we go. So you're saying you're Mary Poppins? <laughs> no, I <laughs> I only wish I could be Mary Poppins. She's such a delightful person all the time. So wise and fun. I'm. I'm more of a party pooper than she is. So I, I, I would love to be Mary Poppins, but no, I love, I love that movie. Um, and we are talking this week about chores, chores. And about cleanliness and the home. And um, when I think of that, I just immediately think of that nursery scene in Mary Poppins when she's snapping her fingers and everything is being folded and put away. And gosh, I only wish that's how it was in my house. I just snap my fingers and Apparently, it does not work with your laundry. <laughs> no. oh, okay. It definitely does not. But I think this is a great, um, a great topic to have just based on what we last spoke about, which was building the foundation of organization and setting some clear expectations. Uh, what, what about your house? I mean, how are chores done over there? Oh, uh, we're, we're still working on it. But before we start, let's go ahead and, and get into prayer and everything. And, and, uh, because I think that's the most important thing, because if we're going to get our chores done, it needs to be done through the grace <laughs> of God. So, Absolutely. You got our prayer for us today, Joe? Yep, that sounds great. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, open our eyes that we may see you and our brothers and sisters. Open our minds that we may understand. Open our hearts to give us generously of ourselves. Grant us wisdom to respond effectively to the needs of your people with grace and compassion, and give us the courage to speak your words of peace and love. In your name, amen. Amen. Good. 
So my so house. So chores. Yes. Chores in my Is house. it clean? Is your house clean right now? Define clean. Uh, uh, what is clean to you? Uh, let's see. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> is there a layer of dust in your home? Oh, no. no, there's no layer of dust because we don't live in our home because we're so busy. We don't have time to go home. So <laughs> I, that's one of the things I found very interesting. One of the parents I was talking to yesterday, she was mentioning how they're so much, they're so busy and they're always on the go that the house is relatively pretty clean. But now that they're home and they're homeschooling and they're having to do stuff at home, now they have to do chores and things of that nature to keep it all organized and straightened up and everything. So it's true. I, I, now we got to do chores and everything if we're going to keep some sanity in the house, because if we're going to follow a schedule that we talked about yesterday, it's much easier when we have things organized and things are put where they are and, and they're where they're supposed to go. And I think uh, thinking about that family as a character does a great exercise is helping those ideas out. If you're trying to come up with ideas. So I would look into families or character, but in the meantime, what we're trying to do now is, is the reason why we're telling the kids to do chores is because we wanted to learn the virtue of charity. Uh, right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think about, um, you know, how busy a lot of families are. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I know we're incredibly busy. The kids are involved in sports and activities are my work schedule. doesn't necessarily line up with Marty's work schedule. Yeah. And, um, we always make sure that we find time, you know, to eat our meals together, but, uh, but otherwise the rest of the time we are running around moving really quickly and it can be difficult for us to find the time to distribute the chore responsibilities or for us to carve out the time to get the house clean uh, so we can live in a more orderly fashion. But I know that there's a lot of families, at least in our community, that they have housekeepers to help them with that sort of thing. And you're laughing right now, but- Because yeah, uh, we have kids. We don't need housekeepers. Well, <laughs> That's what we had kids I've heard for. that before. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. My dad used to say that when we were growing up. I'm like, Dad, why don't even to this day, Dad, buy a dishwasher. He's like, I don't need a dishwasher. I've got three of them, you know, for us three kids. Like, he doesn't need it. And so that's funny that you say that. It just reminds me of it. But um, I, I would love a housekeeper. If Marty said, we've got room in the budget, Joe, you can go ahead and get a housekeeper. I, I would call that housekeeper in the next two minutes. And, and she would be coming to my house to clean just because I hate cleaning. I really, I don't like it. I don't like to do that. Do you like to clean? You whistle while you work, you know? Do I like to clean? <laughs> and people do. Like they find, they uh, find it just, um, you know, peaceful and well, okay, like so I this... like to weed. I like to weed and people think that's crazy. Well, I you're can, in Colorado, I... so... <laughs> No, even in Illinois. I mean, okay. I, I could go outside and weed for eight hours a day and I would be happy and content. Oh my heavens. No. So when we were younger, <laughs> we had, when we had our four children, we have five kids, but you know, we had four kids or three, I don't remember, pick a number. Anyways, more our kids were super young. My mom was, was very gracious enough to, to pay for us to have a housekeeper uh, come in once a week just to clean. And I was, it was hilarious because Mandy would come in and clean the house before the housekeeper came in. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what on heaven and earth? She's like, why, why are you cleaning? She goes, well, I'm getting all the big stuff. They can do the deep cleaning. But, That's so funny. Yeah. Anyways. I love that. That's really good. Well, you so know, our house I was super clean for one, well, 10 minutes. 10 minutes was like super clean. That's a really nice gift for her. It to was. Give. Yeah. My that mother, my mom's great kind. for those things. 
That's very generous. Well, I think that um, a lot of kids think it magically gets clean. Yeah. You know, like they go to bed, it's a mess. They think I'm just going to leave my socks there, my shoes there, my books there, my you know, keys, my wallet there, because tomorrow when I wake up, it'll all be put away. It'll just magically, because some people who are type A, like myself, well, after they go to bed, I can't stand that it's all sitting there. So I end up cleaning. I end up doing it. Well, we actually, we actually have someone in our house uh, who's called a pan fairy. She shows up unexpectedly and washes all the dishes. <laughs> our children will put the dishes in the dishwasher <laughs> But because they imitate their father, who doesn't actually like to wash a dish, <laughs> I leave the dishes, the pans and pots that do not go in the dishwasher, I leave them in the sink and let them soak there until somehow the pan fairy comes along and actually washes those dishes. I want a pan fairy. Can yeah. you ask the pan fairy to come to my house, please? No, I am married to the pan fairy. Oh, no. No, no you cannot. <laughs> no, I would never use Mandy that way. The poor the thing, pen. she needs a break. Oh. <laughs> uh, but you know, but when the house is a mess, really though, it, it 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 creates a lot of other problems, like misplacing things. It's always when you are heading out the door that you can't find what you need, or at least it doesn't happen for me. But it happens that way for the kids. Uh, can't find the shoes that they wanted to wear. You know, can't find the bracelet they needed for mission week at school. Whatever it is, so. I know that we are getting frustrated in the house of trying to get back on track so that everyone can take some responsibility. Everybody could do their part uh, so that we can have a organized and clean household. Yeah, like I was, I was saying earlier, the reason why we're teaching our children how to do chores is, is not so much to get the tasks done, although that helps, as you're saying, it, it, divide, it creates a sense of, again, security and stability. Uh, as we talk about when you have a schedule, you know what the expectations are, the children are much more calmer, and this is what happens in monastic life. But when we talk about chores, really the goal now is to develop that sense of charity towards our siblings and those around us. So this is how we're presenting it. We're not telling the children that the house needs to be cleaned just for the sake of keeping it clean or because dad said so, which I've been telling him for the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. It doesn't I, work I anymore. It doesn't work, yeah. But now <laughs> now we're trying to, now that they're older and a little bit more mature and spiritually more in depth, what we're trying to tell them is you need to clean the house and keep your room clean because it's an act of love towards your neighbor, towards I those other people in the house. This is really, again, going back to the Benedictine rule in the monastic life is that that's what we're trying to practice now is charity. Um, what is charity? Love, love and charity go hand in hand, of course. Love is a principle. It's an idea. It's the willing the good of the other for their own sake. So there's nothing I want in return. So I do an act of love or I, I think or I consider an act of love for that person for their own sake, for their own good to get them to heaven. But sometimes I can't act upon it. So sometimes uh, I see a homeless person and I'm driving by, I can't stop. Mm -hmm. I still have love for them because I still will the good of them for them. So I pray that someone can provide for them. So that's love. That's good. Charity goes beyond that. And charity is when we enact, when we take that principle and that abstract concept of love and make it incarnate, make it real by actually doing the act itself. So seeing the homeless person, 
and driving by and, and willing the good for them, that's love. But when I actually sit down and bring them to the restaurant or have give them something to drink or doing the actual act, now we use the word charity. Um, I think that's really beautiful because it puts a purpose behind the action. I mean, I think that there's a lot of kids who love to ask why, but why, but why do I have to do that? Why do I have to do that? And we, as parents kind of get tired of the why, and we do say, because I said, so it doesn't matter because it has to be clean. That's not good enough reason for kids, but if they understand that there's a service behind the action, that it's to serve one another, there's more of a desire because it's not for them, it's for others to be able to put that into action. Yeah, absolutely. It's love in action. And if these young people and these young adults and these kids are trying to learn what love is, it has to be put into action. And there's no better place to practice charity than in the home. That's where it begins. We can't be charitable and loving towards others outside the home if we can't do it within our own home. So there, what I, now that we're all isolated at home and everything, now we have so many more opportunities to do this, which is good and bad because we're not used to having these opportunities. Keeping all that in mind, the next thing we got to do as well is to learn to practice forgiveness and, and forgiving each other. But going back to the whole thing with chores, what I'm trying to teach the kids is that each of them have a common room, a main room to be in charge of. So I think Josh is in charge of the dishes this week. Now, what that means is that he doesn't clean the kitchen by himself. What that means is that everyone else in the house is responsible for cleaning up their own stuff. So they have to put the dishes in the dishwasher. They have to wash their own plates and do the dishes and cook the meals. But Josh is just responsible for making sure it's maintained. Josh is responsible for maintaining the cleanness. So I still have to put my dishes away. But since Josh is now in charge of the kitchen, he has a responsibility to actually call me on, even though I'm his dad, he has responsibility to call me on and say, hey, dad, you need to put the dishes in the dishwasher. Because if I do not put the dishes in the dishwasher, even though I'm his father, I'm not being charitable to him and I'm not being a good example to him. And he has that authority. So he's in charge of the kitchen. He's responsible. He has authority to call the rest of the family on to make sure the kitchen's clean. And we, as the rest of the family, have the responsibility to, to do that. And that goes for all the rooms. Now, I know that you haven't done that their whole lives, right? I mean, didn't you used to bribe them when they oh, were yeah. younger? Well, who or hasn't? Haven't? You used to bribe them too, Joe, haven't you? <laughs> of course I did. I used candy. I used toys. Okay. I used wow, I mean, you get some good bribes. Screen time. Um, I would, I, you know, I, I, you, you figure things out as a parent. You figure out how to bribe and get the work done yeah. for sure. But I remember that we used to have like a cleaning day. Like we would make Saturday the cleaning day. And I think that it, it, well, I know it always fell through. I could never get consistency on that, but it wasn't designed like what you're speaking about today. You know, today when you talking about charity, when you just do all the chores on one day on a Saturday, that's not charitable. You know, that's just, Hey, we just got to squeeze this in on one day. That's already been assigned. Let me get this done so I can move on with the rest of my day. Yeah, it just becomes a task that just needs to get done. And it, it's not, it's just done. What, we're, what I'm talking about here too is we're placing people above things. So stewardship is a good thing. So, you know, people talk about stewardship, taking care of your textbooks. That's stewardship. Taking care of the laptop. That's good stewardship. That's a good thing. But if we just, but God calls us not just to take care of things. He wants us to take care of each other. 
Mm-hmm. And so in this doing our chores, we're trying to put the other person above things and stuff like that and showing that, that people are always above things. And when I clean the room or I put my plate away, which is a thing, that's nothing compared to the fact I can give Josh a break from having to do the dishes. The yeah. fact that the living room is clean and it doesn't have stuff thrown everywhere, I can feel a sense of peace. So now my daughter, by cleaning that living room, is showing me charity by giving me that sense of peace. Do you rotate all the chores? We're going to. So we have weekly chores. So that's what everyone's responsible for a common room. So the so here's how our so here's what we did. Last week we had our main schedule. So we had prayer and schoolwork, and that was kind of about it. So now we're adding to it. We've talked about it this week. We're adding the chores. So now what has to happen is we have prayer at 7.30, which we've been consistent with. And then we from 7.30 to about 8, we're done with prayer. And from 8 to about 9 o'clock, they have breakfast. And now during that time, they are required to make their beds, hang their clothes up and put their dirty clothes in the hamper. So it's not that hard. So they can figure that out and then start their schoolwork. And then we expanded the lunch. So instead of having lunch from one hour, we have lunch for two hours. But in that two hours, they have to make lunch, but also make sure their common area is clean and picked up and just kind of check it and make sure it's relatively clean. Then we go back to schoolwork and then we do our Bible study and things like that. And then they have to check the rooms again just to make sure they're relatively clean. Mandy, Mandy had a beautiful idea, a great idea. She's like, what do you want to wake up to in the morning? And then we work backwards. So we work backwards from what should the house look like in the evening? What do we want it to look like in the evening? And we work backwards from there. So that way we knew how to get to that goal. But now your kids are varying ages. How old is your youngest? Eight, I think. I don't know. They keep changing <laughs> ages. Monica, today's Monica's birthday. I should... <laughs> Yeah, today is. So. <laughs> okay, so eight up to 16. Yes. So is 16, that right? 15, eight to 16. 14, 12. And eight. So I can't imagine that chores look the same for all of them, right? I mean, because like the eight year old can't do the full extent of what the 16 year old can do. Is that right? Oh, yes, In she can. House? Oh, yes, she oh, can. Oh, she, yes, is, she can. Okay. She is. No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how would you do it in your house? I don't know. Uh, you know, we do it very different. Like I said, we've tried so many different things from here is the chore chart to I'm going to give a list of things. You choose two things from the list to do to now I'm just like, hey, you know, Anna, do this for me. Hey, Andrew, do this for me. Yeah, um, we've done a lot of that. You know, I mean, I don't think we've done anything really consistent. But I will tell you that in the past couple of weeks, I haven't given a directive besides to take out the dog, which is a chore in itself, uh, just because (laughs) nobody wants to take the dog out. Um, But I have been pleasantly surprised that when I have come home or I've come down the stairs, that the kids have started to do the dishes on their own. Yeah, I know. That's a shock. Like that just doesn't happen in my house because you know, you have the pan fairy. We have the whole dish fairy. Like every single dish is me. I do them. So it's nice. And I have, you know, I, I've read Gary Chapman's love languages and my love language is acts of service. And I always tell the kids, like, if you want to show me and you want to communicate to me how much you love me by doing things for me that I normally do around the house, and taking that off of my plate, it makes me feel appreciated. It makes me feel loved. It makes me feel that you care. 
um, it, it allows me to have an additional break that I wouldn't have normally had because it's tough being a parent. There's a lot of responsibility on our plate. So we don't do anything consistently. Uh, I don't think anything's necessarily broken, but we just have a hard time building in structure because we're at different places in our lives, yeah. in our house. I th well, I think everyone's going through that right now. Everyone's going through those transitioning. So I, right now it's just do whatever you can do. And I, I totally understand that right now. I think, like I said, I think I said this before, you know, it's kind of a luxury for me to be home and us doing this stuff. I'm, I'm very thankful and humbled by that, that other people out there are having more bigger issues to deal with than what we're having to deal with. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't mean you can't develop this to some degree because I mean, I look at my schedule, I work nights and weekends. I don't work in normal hours. I don't work nine to five. So it's always hard to develop that consistency in the house. And so this is the key here is that, first of all, hopefully mom and dad are on the same page. If mom and dad are on the same page, it's right. not going to work. But if they are, then you let the rule guide them. You know, that's what St. Benedict talks about in this rule. It's the, the rule dictates everyone. So no one's above it. So as I was saying earlier, Josh is in charge of the kitchen. He's responsible for making it clean. He has the authority now to tell me to put my dishes away for that right. week. Other than that, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that's how it works. And hopefully I'm humble enough to say, yeah, because that's the role. And I'm not above the role, even though I'm the dad and the leader of the family in that sense. That's what causes that peace and security. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's beautiful. Uh, I think it's a beautiful testament for parents to be able to humble themselves in front of their kids, especially. Um, but I also think that uh, you know, routines look different for every yep. family that's listening to this podcast. It is completely different. It doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter how the routine is. But as long as you look at the chores differently and yep. you look at them as charity, that's right. going to help to guide the actions for your family. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, also, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 talks a lot about the many parts to one body. And there are many ways to look at that passage because you can relate it into our faith community at church, you know, our, our parish community that we have and how we all have a different role to play in caring for this community and serving this community and serving God. But you can also look at it from the perspective of your family. I mean, I'm sure that you can look in your family, John, yeah. and know the talents that each one of your kids have and how varied they are but how if one of those parts is missing from the family, there's almost an absence. There's like a hole, you know, that they're not there. Um, and collectively, everybody working together, you know, helps to manage the family. No, that's, I think that's true. And um, you're absolutely right. But also in Corinthians, it talks about the weakness, I think, as you mentioned as well. And so this is where we get to embrace each other's weaknesses and learn to practice the virtue of forgiveness, which goes hand in hand with charity and love. Uh, everyone's going to be stepping on each other's toes. I definitely have had moments of frustrations this week and anger and temperament and just whatever. Manny has been angry and frustrated as well. The kids, I mean, all of us stepping on each other's toes. And so now we're learning, we are the body of Christ in this family. We are the church, the domestic church here in this home. So now we have to figure out how to forgive each other and ask for forgiveness. And I see that happening a lot more now that we're kind of in that pressure cooker sense as well. But going back to what you're saying, Corinthians 12, the weaknesses and strengths and all that. Yeah. I mean, you, you figure out as you go. I mean, I look at your family, your son left college. Has that created a vacuum in the family? Oh, absolutely. It has. 
first of all, he left me with two teenage daughters with a lot of estrogen. And so there's a lot of fighting. <laughs> there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of emotion. Uh, he balanced everything out. And I could definitely see an absence, you know, that just, that's one example, but there's many other ways, you know, it's good to have him home right now. Um, and I'm going to enjoy the next few months until he goes back for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we all, uh, you know, Corinthians, it, it talks about, as you said, indeed, the parts of the body that are to be weaker are all the more necessary. And we're we all, all have a role. Yeah. And as parents, it's really important for us to be modeling good behavior, modeling in how we communicate, modeling in how we ask for forgiveness. Kids can't learn how to ask for forgiveness or to forgive others unless we show them how to do that. And those are important rules or not rules, lessons really to have as you're growing up before you're released out into society. So parents step up, you know, step yeah. up and don't be afraid to ask for forgiveness. Yeah, actually, that's the most important thing as a parent, having the humility to ask for forgiveness, because that changed the whole that changes the whole dynamic with your children. And I think, and this is my opinion, children respect parents more when parents ask for forgiveness in that sense. Makes us real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that does well, not give them the authority to override my authority. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. I will apologize and I will admit. <laughs> But yeah, it doesn't no, mean I, that they can walk all over us either. So. Hey, that's that's a topic for a whole nother podcast. Yeah, we could talk about another. a lot of stories for that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast this week. We hope that you've learned some helpful solutions to get you through your chaotic, messy family uh, life. And we hope you continue to dialogue with us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have some time, maybe watch a friendly little episode of Mary Poppins. So you can get spit spot and off you go and get stuck out of the cry room. Amen. Amen. All right.